Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Happy Saturday, everyone. Here we are in the Southern Sisters Radio studio. Love it here. It's very calm. It's very cool. And we have no marquee. It is. I know. We are marquee free. Marquee is not here today, but, but we have really Joey and we're thrilled. Yes. We're Thank thrilled you, to have Joey. Thank you, Joey, Thank you for, for being here. In. But we have great news about marquee, don't we, Sandy? Yes, we do. Yes. Marquee had a baby. Well, okay. Actually, his wife did. <laughs> Let's clarify. <laughs> Let's clarify what we're talking about here. Yeah. We love marquee. He's been with us from day one and he we knew that he was expecting his fifth child. Well, his wife was. His wife was accepting his fifth child, <laughs> their fifth child. God bless you, Marquis. We wish you the very best and to your sweet wife and your precious children. Just uh, just God bless you all. We're so happy for you. And make that woman some pimento cheese, would you? Please now do. that she loves it, yeah. make her some pimento cheese because yeah. it helps her recover from childbirth. Doesn't it? It helps everything. Yeah. She needs sustenance <laughs> and pimento cheese will do the job. I think so, mm-hmm. yeah. And seeing as how he's a recent convert to the, right. to the pimento cheese fan club, mm-hmm. that poor, poor boy had not really... You know, appreciated it until right. we we kind of encouraged him to try it. Until he tried your fabulous recipe. Well, it's and a good that's recipe. It. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. not me. It's the recipe. Yeah. It really is. But how have you been this week? I've been good. I've been busy. It's been crazy. You know, my house is on the market, mm. and so we had an open house on Sunday. As I I flew back in from Dallas on Sunday, yeah. and was home for about fifteen minutes. Make sure the house is okay. Grab the dogs, put them in the run, and get the, get out of there. Get out of there. And so, you know, I had a little retail therapy. I had uh, to do a little shopping. Always. You know, we Southern and, sisters love our retail and I was, therapy. And I went with a girlfriend and we did a little shopping mm-hmm. and we went to a new restaurant in the area and mm-hmm. we had some oysters on the half shell and... Uh, I might cop to one or two cocktails mm-hmm. that we had mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, you just have to wait out the entire time before you do. the open house you do. before you can go back home again. <laughs> you do. That's one of the hardest things about showing a house, right? Yeah. Well, number one, because I sold mine a couple of years ago and, uh-huh. and I had kids in the house at the time. So oh, yeah. I don't have that. Just dogs. Just do- Well, that's tough, too, right? Because yeah. they got to get, get everybody out. But and you don't- they shed. Oh, no. <laughs> a lot. So you're running the Swiffer and the, and the yeah. vacuum yeah. trying to keep it. There was usually not always a lot of notice that mm-hmm. someone was coming to see the house. So we'd get this phone call. Right. Right. My agent, oh, we're on the way over. We have an interested, interested possible buyer. You uh-huh. know, and, and then mom went into frantic mode. Right. I was running around the house, grabbing stuff, throwing stuff in closets, telling the kids to pick up and, you know, throw everybody in the car and, and get out. Yeah. Stressful. Yeah. It is. And sometimes you just got to do it. And, you know, the dogs, I looked at the dogs on Sunday and I said, oh, this is never going to do. Right. So on Monday they had dog spa. Mm. We had dog spa on Monday, baths <laughs> and blowouts. And uh-huh. if you've ever blown out a Siberian Husky with a forced air dryer, mm-hmm. you know what a good blizzard looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they love it, though. They well, Does it feel good? It's a love-hate thing. Yeah. They don't like the getting wet part. Mm-hmm. I, I call it the rinsy part and the rubby part and the blowy part. Right. So you get the rinsy part, get them wet first to start right. with. They don't like that. Mm-mm. Then they get the rubby part, rubbing the shampoo in. They got to like that. They love That's that part. That's got to feel good. But yeah. then they have to have the rinsy part again, mm. getting the shampoo out, Yeah. and they don't like that. Mm. And then they get the rubby part with the towels, and they love that. Right. And then the blower is almost like they're getting a, a massage. 
They lean into oh. it. Henley, his eyes close, and he just gets this grin on his face. He's like, oh, yeah, right mm. there. right Yeah, scratch right there. Oh, they do love to be rubbed and scratched. They do. They do. Uh, and they look so much stuff. better. And I, Don't they look good when they're nice and clean and yes, fluffy and smell good? Yes, yes. And and not shedding so much. Not so I haven't shedding. had to run the vacuum nearly as much this week, which Amazing. is very nice. Yeah, dog hair is a, it can be an issue. We have a little bit of that at my house. Not too bad. But no, Dixie, my sweet Australian Shepherd Dixie, when she, we're rubbing her, she encourages it. She rolls onto her back, mm-hmm. all four legs in the air, yep. just like rub my tummy. Yep. She loves it. You know, I had an exercise in multitasking tasking today, speaking of Dixie. Yes. I was amazed at what I was able to accomplish. I was working up early this morning, working on our show, and uh-huh. uh, I was multitasking four or five different things at one time. And I think my, my husband was very impressed. I had a cup of coffee going, which is essential in okay. the morning. Right. I start thinking about my coffee before I get out of bed. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's I start dreaming about it and getting out. But then, so I was having my sip of coffee. I was on my laptop typing, working on that, mm-hmm. right? I had the, the TV going at the same time I was catching up on the news. Okay. That's, so I'm learning, getting the news done, working on the show, show. having my coffee, coffee. And Dixie was mm-hmm. laying at my feet on her back with her belly in the air and my foot was massaging I was her rubbing belly. her tummy with my foot. Nice. It was an impressive display. No kidding. Albeit a little silly looking. Now, did your honey take a video of it no, he for posterity? He took a mental picture, I guess. Because I'm thinking that could go viral. <laughs> well, he could. It's, but yeah, there's a number of things going on, crazy stuff at my house that could go viral. But he, he appreciated my ability to multitask. And I. But and speaking of Dixie, there's a little strange mystery in the yard. She normally, when I take her out, heads straight to the woods, uh-huh. you know, to go out and do doggy business right. out in the woods. Because I appreciate it very much that she does not go in the center of my well-manicured lawn. Yes. We had a little discussion about that. You know, there are bags for that. There there are. <laughs> but it's even better if she'll just go in the woods in the pine straw. I don't, That's back, true. I don't have don't to have worry, worry about it. I don't have to take bags yes. out there. So I encouraged her to be ladylike mm-hmm. and let's do that out in the woods. And she's very smart. She picked it up very quickly. But something is happening in the woods. I don't know what. Oh. She won't go in the woods anymore. Really? No. She goes to the edge of the grass, she looks into the woods, and she growls, <gasps> like a low, deep growl. Oh, wow. And I, I, I even I encourage her, go on, Dixie, go on. She, she just turns and looks at me, and then she looks back to the woods. You know, I tried rolling her ball into the woods. Uh-huh. I figured surely she'd go after it. No. Just growled and then turned around and walked away. It's almost like the beginning of one of those horror movies, you know, when the dog senses something before yes. the humans do. Yeah. You know, it's never a good sign when the dog won't go into the backyard. I was just thinking, you know, all those zombie movies get made here in Georgia. <laughs> I wonder if they've left some zombies behind. We got some walking dead zombies <laughs> walking around in the back. Well, I have to tell you another fun thing this week. I, You know, I'm a big fan of... Of girls' getaways. Oh yeah, I know you are too. Yeah, you, you've had quite a few. We had we've, girlfriend night last night. For you birthdays. did. Yeah, it's essential, isn't yes. it? One thing that we women, and I'm not saying that, that men don't enjoy getting together. I'm just saying that women do it with particular style. Yes, and we grace, do, don't mm-hmm. we? So it was a it was weekend weekday actually getaway time. We got a deal, and my best friend since I was 14 years old. My best friend Pam and I headed up to Biltmore, the Biltmore oh, House. Fun. We got a great deal in a fabulous hotel, and they are having, for those of you that are within the earshot of my voice, I have to tell you, currently at Biltmore through July is a wonderful exhibit. It's classic, iconic wedding dresses from famous movies. Mm-hmm. So they're on display beautifully arranged on these mannequins and they're displayed in the different rooms inside the Biltmore house. Oh, wow. So you see, you know, one of Kira Knightley's dresses from Pride and Prejudice. Uh-huh. They're all in that sort of time frame, 1700s to 1800s, maybe even a couple from the early 1900s. Okay. 
There's Kate Winslet's dress, her wedding dress from the movie Sense and Sensibility. Yes. As well as Emma Thompson's wedding dress from that same movie. Uh-huh. Hello. Yeah. And then one of the neatest things we were able to see was Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis's wedding veil, the actual wedding veil that she wore. Believe it or not, not only was it worn by Jacqueline, and that was a family veil that had been in her family for many, many years, mm-hmm. going up her mother's side of the family. Mm-hmm. But also her first cousin wore the wore the veil at her wedding, and she was a uh, she was related to the uh, to the to the Vanderbilts. So see, there was a, conne- a family connection there. So that's a fancy little veil. It was a going fancy there. veil. Very it's been fancy. around a lot. It's been used used quite a bit. But well, it was I need to get up to the Biltmore and see that before the display go. goes away. I love the Biltmore. It's just gorgeous. Take a good friend. Go up there. All we did, all we did the whole time was shop, eat, drink, and talk. Not bad. Mm. So what did you do this week? We would like to know what you did this week. Let us hear from you. Radio at southernsistershome.com. We'll be right back. I have some questions for you. Are you as happy as you could be? That's really a challenge. As you want to be? I'll do my best. Do you know how to live a happier life? That's one thing that I still want to learn how to do. I'm Sandy weaver Carmen, and I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happier. You deserve to know how to make yourself happy whenever and wherever. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the road to your happiness is based in neuroscience and neuroplasticity, and I've made it easy for you to learn. Fantastic. There's a new road to happiness, one that can elevate your health, wealth, and happiness if you let it. Just go to the21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N, and elevate your happiness in just 21 days for free. Since you've been through the 21-day experience, how do you feel? I don't have a care in the world. It's free, and you'll be happier and know how to stay happier in just 21 days. The21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's the numbers 21, and my last name is C-A-R-M-A-N. Start today for a happier tomorrow. Just serve me tomatoes and mashed potatoes. <laughs> Give me the simple life. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show, the program for Southern women and the men who adore us. Absolutely. Mm, and you know what my man's been adoring about me lately? Your garden? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see how I'm trying to take credit for the garden? Uh-huh. I really, you know, when we talked about this, it's not my thing. Uh, but I'm doing okay with it. My husband planted it, and we're starting to harvest things out of the garden. So what are you getting? Oh, well, well I'm keeping a special watchful eye on the tomatoes. They're turning red. Okay. We have several beautiful varieties out in the garden. We've got the beef steaks. We have one called Mr. Stripey. And it's a, it's Mr. Stripey. Mr. Stripey. He's <laughs> an air- like a cartoon. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? He's a um, he's an heirloom tomato. Okay, I love right? heirloom tomatoes. Yes. So heirloom tomato, little tomato with a little attitude. He's mm-hmm. kind of sophisticated. Um, he's been green up until now. All of them have been green. Okay, but they're starting to turn, and in the end, they're going to be red and yellow striped, and they're just fun. Oh, I've seen the pictures. They're going to be gorgeous. And then we have our third tomato plant. is called the Dark Prince. Sounds mysterious, doesn't it? A purple tomato? He's a purple tomato. He's smaller. Again, uh, an heirloom variety. Okay. And uh, a dark, deep purple. And we've harvested a couple of those already. And how are they? Holy moly, they are good. Yeah. Holy mother of tomatoes, they are yummy. There is nothing like eating a tomato that is still warm from your garden sunshine. Right? Your garden sunshine. Not just garden sunshine. Your garden sunshine. Absolutely. Makes all the difference in the world. A little salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. Really, that's all you need. Yeah. If you want to fancy it up, you can drizzle a little olive oil, some balsamic. Maybe a little basil, you know. A girlfriend had me over for dinner last Sunday night, Mm -hmm. and she made, as part of dinner, a tomato sandwich. Hello. And it was tomatoes that she'd gotten from her garden, Mm. and salt and pepper and mayonnaise. 
and white bread? It wasn't white bread. Mm. It was, um, if you have a Publix near you, do you have that um, Italian yes. nine grain? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. That makes I buy a, that every week. That I love makes it. a stunning tomato sandwich. I'll Let me just help that. you out with that. I'll try it. Yep. I'll try it. White bread's good. Sandwich. That was better. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. It's a little more yeah. grown up. Right. I'm daydreaming right now about tomato sandwiches. I just completely lost my tray. Well, we know we're going to talk about now, Sandy, is we're going to talk about eating from our southern garden. Yes. This has inspired me because my garden is beginning to be prolific and it's generating things. Things are getting bigger. And Uh and what it's sort of it's sort of um, I guess I could describe it. It's it's leading the way for what I'm cooking in my kitchen right now. Right. I'm following the lead of my garden, which is the best way to do it. It's what we should be doing. It's what you've got out there. You might have. Did you plant a zucchini? Not yet. Oh, good woman. No, it's, that would take over, right? I love zucchini, but man, about this time of the year, you start getting inundated yeah, in yeah. zucchini. You can't even give them away fast My enough. My neighbor has zucchini, so why yeah. do I need it? You, you don't know? need it. Because he's, get... he's already supplying me with Yes, well, yes. he will take care of you. Well, I say what we should do, um, we're, I'm going to um, herb your enthusiasm. Oh, no, you did not just say that. <laughs> yes, I did say that. Very punny, I'm going Judy. to herb your enthusiasm today, and we're going to talk a little bit. And, and, and like I said again, I'm taking my lead from, from southern gardens across the south. Right, mm-hmm. the ones that are generating lots of fresh, beautiful herbs. Right. We're going to talk about something that I love, and I know that you love very much. Not typically a southern doesn't have southern origins, but boy, I'll tell you, like a lot of things, we have taken this dish and we have made it our own right. here in the South, and that is the art of pesto. Oh, pesto is the besto. Pesto is the besto. <laughs> Sorry, pesto is. I had to do pesto that. Is it the wasn't besto. as good as yours, but you no, know. no, actually, it was, it was actually better <laughs> in my opinion. But no, the art of pesto and pesto typically has five components. Right. Okay, so we've got number one, we've got the herb. Mm-hmm. Now, people think of basil because that's the classic pesto, right. is basil pesto. But it, it, it can be anything. It can be lots of different types of herbs, and we're going to talk about that. You need something acidic. Typically, it's a, it's going to be lemon juice. Mm-hmm. It could be a little lime juice. Mm-hmm. Some people will use a little vinegar. I, I lend towards the citrus juices. Right. So you got your herbs, your citrus juice, you got your cheese. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cheese is an important component of the pesto. Your toasted nuts. Uh-huh. Okay, And then your oil. Typically, your extra virgin olive oil, which pulls everything together. Right. Once you sort of know the basic components of pesto, you can just reinvent it over and over and over again. Now, I didn't hear you say butter in there. And the very best pesto recipe I've ever come across is half oil and half butter. And you have the butter at room temperature. You incorporate everything but the butter. And then it's very specific. You're supposed to use a wooden spoon to incorporate the butter in. Into the oil? It sounds insane. So you incorporate the butter and the oil first no. and then add it. You incorporate no. everything together except the butter. Okay. You can do that in your blender if you want to because that's the easiest way to make pesto right. in the world. Just throw it in your blender but right. leave the butter on the side. Mm-hmm. Room temperature, really nice and soft. Mm. And then when you've got the pesto put together, you dump it out. It's still a little tight. And you just use a wooden spoon to work the butter into it. Well, there it. you have it, folks. So Sandy's version. It's classic, Sandy's contribution it's to this. Classic Italian version. It's the classic Italian it's version. Classic Italian. Yeah. And it, the butter makes all the difference. Mm. It's really good with olive oil. That smoothness, that silkiness, I'm sure. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, we can do that, folks. You can use all extra virgin olive oil or half and half extra virgin olive oil and butter. But please don't use margarine. Please don't, <laughs> please don't do that. Use butter. Use the real <laughs> stuff, please. There's no excuse not to use the real stuff. No. It's no, better for so. you. Now, what, think of all the ways we use pesto, though. Right. And you can use pesto. Pasta is the classic way. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows pesto on pasta. You can also stir it into rice, which is wonderful. Yes. Now, when I say pest, uh, pasta and rice, it can be hot. It can be cold. Right. Pesto served uh, stirred into a cold pasta salad is divine. Phenomenal. Yes. Divine. I love pesto when I'm garnishing meats. Mm-hmm. If I've grilled chicken 
or steak yes. or anything. Yes. To put a little dollop of that yummy pesto across the top. You can also marinate meat in it mm-hmm. before cooking if yep. you want to. Yep. Right? Now, how about um, spreading it on sandwiches? Yes. Love oh, that. yeah. If you're going to do a panini... Right. Just a little bit of pesto on one piece of the bread and some mayonnaise on the other, and yeah. you're good to go. And you are good to go. And you have just elevated your sandwich, folks, from ordinary to extraordinary. Right. In, and in, pesto in keeps in the refrigerator. It does. You know, make it in the blender, put it in something mm-hmm. airtight in the refrigerator. It'll mm-hmm. keep for a couple of days. It'll keep for a while. Yeah, I can keep mine for up to a week. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you I've know, never sometimes mine last that long. Well, <laughs> you've got the good pesto. It, uh, it, the I flavors continue to melt. <laughs> just drink it up. <laughs> How about, you know, where else I've done? I've, I've, uh, I've put it on pizza. I've yes. drizzled it, yeah. right, yeah. on pizza and flatbread. Yes. Love, love yeah. it on fatbread. And you know what? You can freeze pesto. Yes. You can. You can put it in little Ziploc freezer bags mm-hmm. or you can, um, you know, have it in some kind of uh, airtight container and you can freeze it. And when you thaw it, it might separate a little bit, but just stir it up. It'll just, come right back together. Just whisk it together. It'll be just fine. Now, the techniques for making a good pesto, folks, are pretty much universal. Right. Okay, There's a little process you go through. Once you've mastered this, you can just make it over and over again with any combination of different types of, of, of ingredients. But basically, what you're going to do is all your ingredients, except the oil, are going to go into your blender or food processor. Mm-hmm. Either is fine. Whatever you have. Right. If you're a food processor person and you're used to it's out in your counter, I get tired of pulling the thing out. Onto my counter. Right. So I can get away with the um, with my blender or even better, I love my handheld um, immersion blender. Yes. That's fabulous. I, I use call that. that a boat motor. A boat motor. <laughs> I take out the boat motor in take the kitchen. Take out the boat motor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing in her pesto. <laughs> I love it. But so you, what you're going to do is you, if it goes into the food processor, into the blender, everything except for the oil or in Sandy's case, the oil and the butter, um, you're going to pulse it roughly, okay, until it's roughly chopped, right? And then what you want to do is with the motor running, you want to slowly add your oil mm-hmm. in a steady stream, mm-hmm. okay? So if you're doing half oil, half butter, add the oil first, and then the butter would be last. And then at the very end, taste taste it, folks. You may or may not want to add a little salt. It's a personal preference. Right. The salt will sometimes enhance the flavor of the pesto. And sometimes the cheese is salty enough Absolutely. and you don't need salt. Some are some are saltier than others. Right. Your drier cheeses tend to be a lot, you know, a bit saltier than right. that. So that's good. Now let's talk about different types of pesto. We know about basil, right? right. We've all done that. We've had that, um, which I love. So in the case of a classic basil pesto, most people are going to be putting that probably on pasta. Mm-hmm. I do it on a sun-dried tomato panini yes. with buffalo mozzarella cheese. Yes. I slather a little yep. of my basil pesto pesto on there. But how about this? Think of Sort this. of like caprese salad in a sandwich. Thank you. Mm. Yes. Remind me to tell you about my caprese, ch- uh, my caprese chicken that I made. Okay. A couple weeks ago. We're going to save that for another, okay. another episode. That was a that was a divine inspiration, okay. I think, on that one. Mental checklist. <laughs> Ask about. Let's try cilantro pesto. Yes. Okay. Now, all of these little recipes here have the same proportion of ingredients. All we're changing here are the herbs, guys, right. and the cheese, and maybe the nuts. But otherwise, it's the same. It's going to be one cup of of your herb. In this case, one cup of cilantro, a fourth of a cup of queso fresco, a fourth of a cup of toasted pumpkin seeds, two tablespoons of lime juice, one fourth cup of EVOO, extra virgin olive oil. You got that? Now you do use the same process for combining the, the ingredients except for the oil and then adding the oil last until it's nice and combined and smooth. I would spoon this over fish tacos. Mm-hmm. I would dip. I would dip quesadillas in this. Mm-hmm. Anything that lends towards the Mexican Latin food side of the equation, right. I would. I would serve this amazing cilantro pesto. If you're grilling some fish, throw it on the grilled fish. If you've got some shrimp laying around, marinate the shrimp. Marinate in it. it. Oh. It's it's a multi-use yes. item. Yeah. How about a little Mediterranean flavor? 
We yes. can do that, right? Now, with the Mediterranean, what we're going to do is a mint pesto. Once again, one cup of mint, and this time we'll use feta cheese and toasted almonds instead. Yum. Everything else is the same. Whole different flavor, though, and that is so amazing. Spooned over pasta, or in my case, I love spooning this over lamb chops. Uh-huh. Guys, we have other concepts and ideas for pesto, and they will all be on our website. Sage pesto is another one of my favorites. Yum. It's got a little bit of a woodsy, and sage is a little stronger. Mm-hmm. So when, when I do my sage pesto, I do parts sage part parsley, which is a little milder. Right. Kind of tones down that woodsy flavor. And then a tarragon pesto. So swap out the herb for tarragon. More of that for you. Not a flavor I, I know love. you're not. Yeah. I know you're not. But let me tell you, I put, a, I put a little drizzle of that on my roasted chicken or even skip the mayo in the chicken salad and stir and in this fold tarragon. That in. I was just thinking oh. that. Yeah. Pesto <gasps> folded into chicken salad is amazing. Holy mother of pesto. It is absolutely <laughs> Amazing. So how do you like to use your pesto? Let us hear from you. Radio at southernsistershome.com. And you can find all of the recipes, Mm -hmm. the master recipe, and some variations variations. on the website, southernsistershome.com. And we'll see you in a few minutes. Just serve me tomatoes and mashed potatoes. (laughs) Give me the simple life. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. I am Jenny McCormick Earhart, your host, in the studio with Sandy Weaver. Here I am. Mm. It's just me. It's summer in the South. And I'm still thinking about pesto, but I know we're moving on, but Mm -hmm. I'm still thinking about pesto. We really need to start putting the food segments like at the end of the show, because I'm kind of distracted after we talk about (laughs) my stomach starts growling. Yes. Right? Sorry for the saliva. I know. It's just, I know, I'm thinking about the pesto. That's got to be something for dinner tonight. No question. I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what, what we're we have other things to talk about, though, Sandy. It's okay. not just all about pesto. And, you know, I've been kind of kind of reflecting lately on just what it means to live in the South, how wonderful it is, and how, um, you know, we just have certain elements of life in the South that mm-hmm. are easily recognizable. Yes. Right? Let's just say, if you took me as a Southern woman and dropped me in the middle of Nebraska, I, 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 I would there would be an obvious difference between me and... And the folks around me. Right. Now, here in the South, we all kind of blend in with each other, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes we lose maybe sight of how um, fabulous some of our elements of style are here in the South. Right. We kind of take them for granted. It's right. the way we were raised. We don't think about it. A lot of times it takes outsiders to take a look at us and say, wow, yeah, I like the way, I like the Southern style. Yes, I like how that looks. And then all of a sudden you start seeing it in magazines and you go, wow, they're doing our thing in New York. They are. They're infatuated with us in New York. They should be. Don't you think? I think. I know it's with um, Reese Witherspoon's new line. She Mm -hmm. has a new new clothing and and home decor line when like she's got that element of Southern style that is just so popular all over the country. Comfortable and elegant without being stuffy. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Like our mama's taught us. Exactly. Right? So we're just going to go through a few little elements of Southern style. Okay. And, and you can kind of give me your, your, you reflect your opinion on these. And one of them that came to mind immediately, because I have daughters who are in college, and it's not that it's isolated to that particular type of girl, but we all do it at one time or another, have something with our monogram on it. Of course. Remember, when was it last week we were talking about that or the mm-hmm. week before? Mm-hmm. Talking about um, one thing that makes Southern women stand out. You can always tell a Southern woman, there's a monogram on her somewhere. Somewhere. She wants to monogram everything. Exactly. Almost. Yeah. yeah. She Well, yeah, you may not see it what she's got monogrammed. Maybe yeah. something somewhere else on her body <laughs> that you can't see, but she will have a monogram somewhere probably on her body. Yes. If not, then in her closet somewhere. I yeah. know that I do. Yep. It could be 
jewelry, mm-hmm. you know, it could be clothing. We tend to monogram all sorts of, you know, our little fleece jackets and our handbags. And really, you know, if you think about it from the perspective of a Southern woman, we are kind of infatuated with our own history, mm-hmm. family tradition, right? where we came from. Right. Right. Yes. That's popular Southern uh, question. How's your mom in them? How's your mom in them? How's your mom in them? Yeah. Right. So we're asking about the family. We are so closely tied that association that, uh, that, that Southerners have with their family that their monogram is a great source of pride to them. Yes. I remember when I first met my husband, I noticed he had a little monogram on the cuff of his sleeve. Because he's elegant like that. He's a Southern gentleman. Yes. Yes, he is. Anyway, I'm, I'm, see, I'm distracted again. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the monogram, the classic, elegant aspect of Southern style. How about for women, pearls? Absolutely. They mm-hmm. are they are classic. I have my pearls. I have my mother's pearls. So you have yep. two sets of pearls. I have two sets. And they look beautiful together. Oh, I bet they, they do. They look you fabulous them. together. Yeah. Yep. You know, I have to think, other than my wedding ring, my next favorite piece of jewelry would be my pearls, mm-hmm. my mother's pearls. They right. go with everything. They do. And, you know, the, the modern day pearls, you know, really are actually very influenced by the South. And many of them come from the South, believe it or not. You know, in the 1880s, when Mickey Moto was designing cultured pearls, he was he was inspired, actually, by some of the mother of pearl buttons that were being manufactured in Southern factories. Really? For Southern clothes. I did not know that. Oh, yes, indeed. You are a font of information, well, you know Jane. Me. I do my research. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, today, many pearls are actually created from mussels that native to the Mississippi River. And you knew Minnie Pearl was Southern, too, Minnie right? Minnie Pearl, you, you, you latched right onto that. You said Minnie Pearls, you I'm sorry. You grabbed it and ran with it. I went straight with the lady with the hat with the price tag on. I loved her. I did, too. Aww. Now, how about favorite Southern fabrics that are iconic? Now, if you stop and think about it, there's a few of them. Yes. Right? That we that are kind of, and, and a lot of them have to do with the fact that they are suitable to our hot and humid Climate. Yes. Correct, right? So how about, well, I'm, I wore my little skirt today. Eyelet just skirt. To me, uh-huh. Eyelet skirt, right? So that is kind of a classic Southern fabric, and it's really kind of prized as a way to show off that sort of made-by-hand open-work details, right? Because right? originally it, it was all handmade. Yes. Not so much anymore. No. But People this is don't our, have that kind of time. Who has? I'm sorry, not sitting around <laughs> home making eyelet fabric. No, no. But you know, our our, our modern day fabrics, we have that nod mm-hmm. to that tradition. Eyelet, uh, so eyelet is one of them. Linen. Yes. Right? Oh, linen is perfect. Classic Southern fabric. Lightweight, and, breathes, yes, elegant, breathable. Yeah. Absolutely, it's good in the heat. Right. It has a tendency to wrinkle badly. Mm-hmm. But here's an interesting little factoid for you. It's actually that wrinkling that at one time in the South was kind of a status symbol. Really? Believe it or not. Basically, because it was kind of time-consuming and there were a lot of resources involved to keep it looking good, Mm -hmm. it was kind of a sign of wealthier families. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? You had to be able to afford to have somebody to iron your linen if you were going to have linen. Status symbol for the linen. Makes sense. Now, these days, they can make some quasi-wrinkle-resistant linen. They made advances in that. I have a jacket made out of that. You do. It's still linen. It's still linen. It's still linen. I love it. It still wrinkles. You know, you stick it in the suitcase. I go, oh, it's wrinkle resistant. That means I can pack it in my suitcase. Right. Mm, No. Not so much. (laughs) much. They got to take a shower with me the next morning. Well, you know, (laughs) sometimes, have you done that too? You hang it up in the the hotel room, turn the shower on, try to get the wrinkles out. It was, um, you know, so it's just kind of a classic look. And a little bit of wrinkle in your linen is actually not bad. It's 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 kind of the look, right? Remember Princess Diana? Now she had a, I think it was a silk taffeta. What was her... And it just wrinkled all over. Yes. You remember that? Yes, I do. And, and if she can and have she, a wrinkled dress, then I can too. She can pull off anything. Yeah. <laughs> Seersucker. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Seersucker. Now, this puckered textile has been a staple in the South, folks, ever since it was actually first invented in New Orleans in about 1909. And really, it was designed because it's so lightweight and breathable as a way to sort of, you know, survive the summer heat. And of course, the classic is the blue and white stripe. It is. Seersucker. And I just it. had uh, brunch with my dad and one of my brothers and his family. Yeah. And Darn if Ed was not wearing a seersucker shirt. Good for him. Yep. Good for him. Yep. You know, my my uh, my husband has a suit. He looks so handsome when he wears that seersucker suit. Really? I love it. I'm not a fan of seersucker suits. You're not? No. Oh. No. He looks so good. Well, now you can do the whole suit, the, mm-hmm. this jacket and the and the pants. He kind of jokes that sometimes he feels like when he wears the whole suit together, he looks like a, an ice cream man. Well, and that, that that's where I go with it. It's yeah. like, are you driving the ice cream truck today? You know what he wore? Do that you w- have the white belt and the white shoes to go with it? Come on, don't <laughs> oh, go gosh. that far. Don't no, go that he far. does. He has the white box. He has the white box. Let me tell you what he did, though, with it when we went to the GOP convention in Augusta a few uh-huh. weeks ago. He did the seersucker jacket with a nice pair of navy slacks. Much better. Oh. Much better. Yeah. yeah. I'm liking that look. It was, it was, yeah. it was awesome. Awesome. I loved it. Okay, moving along with our Southern Southern style elements, Sandy, what do you think about, and I know you probably have a pair, a great pair of cowboy boots. Oh, a pair? Yeah. Let's say three. Do you? Yeah, Yeah. because I'm down one pair. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I love them. It's essential for life in the South. Well, first of all, in the summertime, you've got to have the shoe boots, Mm -hmm. not the boots with the shaft that goes all the way up your leg. Right. You can just get the shoe boots, but you can only buy those in the summer. That's a summer item. You wear them all year round. Yeah. But the shoe boots are amazing because they're so comfortable. Mm -hmm. You got your pants on. Everybody Mm -hmm. thinks you have cowboy boots Mm -hmm. on, but it's more comfortable. It's not as hot in the summertime. Yes. Yeah. I've definitely, I've got a pair of those and I have the cowboy boots. Oh, fabulous pair of cowboy boots. You've got to have it. Right. Well, you know, originally, if you think back, they were originally suited to, you know, life on the farm or on the ranch, but now they are at home in the South. They are at home at any social event. Yep. Even a black tie event. Yep. I'll tell you. You know, one thing I've noticed is a lot of men, certain men, um, will wear their cowboy boots with their suits. And it's perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. Now, once again, my reference back to the state legislature here in, later, uh, state legislature here in Georgia, um, it, some of the representatives from South Georgia, I have noticed, will pair their their. You see a little bit less of that in the northern part of the state. Okay. But in the southern part of the state, you'll see more cowboy boots with um, with suits. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything Not wrong a with thing. that. Now, I'll pair it with a pair of blue jeans. Yep. And ladies, you know, you, you we love this look, too. The skirts with... With cowboy boots? With cowboy oh, boots. yeah. That I do works. that all the time. Yep. I'll do it with bare legs in the summertime. Yep. And then when it starts getting a little cold, we just throw on a pair of leggings, right? Mm-hmm. And as we all know, ladies, leggings are not... Pants. Oh my gosh, I just saw the worst example of that in the oh, airport oh coming no. back from really? Dallas. Oh, didn't you just want to take her by the hand and say, sweetheart? You know. Well, first of all, she did not have the body to even be wearing tight pants. They never do. Much less leggings. Right. <laughs> Bless her heart. heart. Oh. oh my gosh. Somebody, somebody needs to love her enough to tell her not I to do know. that. I know. And we're strangers, so it's kind of out of place for us to say something. I was afraid she'd hit me. She was way bigger than oh, me. Oh, no. So. Maybe she's listening. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe she's listening. Maybe. You just need a tunic or a top that is long enough to cover your yes. hips. If I have to be frank about it, we yes. just need to cover certain parts of our body when we're wearing yes. leggings, right? Now, yes. however, back to the boots. A pair of leggings with a cute skirt or a cute dress and those cowboy boots in mm-hmm. the winter. There's Perfect. There you go. And how about another element of Southern style, Sandy? Color, color, color. Color, color, color. You know I'm all about the color. Uh, And you, I have to tell you, you do it so well. Thank you, Chartreuse today. Well, I had my colors done. And I had a woman, I had her come over to my closet. She did my closet. She did my colors. And I got rid of a lot of clothes that didn't suit me. And I always knew they didn't suit me. I just didn't know why. 
Uh, I look like I've been dead for two weeks if you put me in black mm. or bright white. Neither one of them works for me. Really? So really strong colors work for me. You're a color girl. I You're a beautiful redhead, girl. blue Thank eyes. You. you can carry these colors. I, I make them work. My, my wardrobe looks like I'm headed to a funeral. I'm, no, you always look fabulous. I will do a pop of color. I'll yes. have a bright purse, maybe mm-hmm. a scarf, maybe a cardigan. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's black and beige and gray. I'm just more comfortable. And I don't know why. That does that? Am look, I going to lose my card for being a Southern woman because no, I'm not wearing a lot of stylish. Stylish and elegant. Mm. And stylish and elegant are central to a good, being a good Southern woman. So well, you will never have to give away your card for Well, that. ladies, I think one way or the other, it's important to know what looks good on you. Right. And it may be colors. It may be, you know, darker shades. But a little pop of color never hurt anybody. Yes. Yes. What is your favorite element of Southern style? Let us know. Radio at southernsistershome.com. I have some questions for you. Are you as happy as you could be? That's really a challenge. As you want to be? I'll do my best. Do you know how to live a happier life? That's one thing that I still want to learn how to do. I'm Sandy Weaver-Carmen, and I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happier. You deserve to know how to make yourself happy whenever and wherever. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the road to your happiness is based in neuroscience and neuroplasticity, and I've made it easy for you to learn. Fantastic. There's a new road to happiness, one that can elevate your health, wealth, and happiness if you let it. Just go to the21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N, and elevate your happiness in just 21 days for free. Since you've been through the 21-day experience, how do you feel? I don't have a care in the world. It's free, and you'll be happier and know how to stay happier in just 21 days. The21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's the numbers 21, and my last name is C-A-R-M-A-N. Start today for a happier tomorrow. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. We are here on a beautiful Saturday in the South talking about the elements of Southern style. And looking forward to the 4th of July holiday. I am too. Yeah, we it's haven't a long talked weekend. a lot about that. We talked about color, yep. so I'm guessing you're going to be in some red and blue probably on I'll probably figure out Monday. some red, white, and blue, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I haven't really thought about it. I'm going to a party. I have The biggest fireworks display in the South is at Lenox. Yeah. I have a girlfriend who's got a condo that faces Lenox. Oh. It's like shooting off the fireworks from her front yard. All right. So, folks, this is Lenox Mall right. in, Atlanta, in Atlanta, in Buckhead, outside yes. Atlanta. Yes. And I've never been able to go to her party. Mm. I can go to her party this year. Mm. So, don't tell her, but I'm making tiramisu to take. It's her are favorite you? dessert. Yeah. yeah. You are such a good friend. I asked her what to bring, and she said, don't bring anything. I said, no, I can't show up empty-handed. Now, you know that that is, uh, that is a request that you should never heed. Yeah. When someone says, don't bring anything. You have to bring something. Right. So I A said, little, a little, yeah. little something. Little so do you something. need appetizers? Do you need a dessert? Do you need flowers? Bottle and, of wine if you have to. And, I mean, yeah. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, well, I never say no to dessert. Mm. I said, great. I'm taking requests. What do you like? And she said... <gasps> If it's sweet, I'm good with it. And then I started thinking, I know this woman. She loves tiramisu. And she's never had my tiramisu, so. Which is probably the best. She will on Monday. Well, I won't say it's the best, but it's not bad. Mm. It's pretty darn good. Speaking of the 4th of July and and in our discussions about the Southern elements of Southern style, one thing I will be wearing on Monday is my my grandmother's um, American flag pin. Yes. Right. This is something I remember seeing her wear as a child. Mm -hmm. I lost my grandmother about 10 years ago, and so I inherited much of her jewelry. And I'm going to be wearing that one. And that leads us really in to our next element of Southern style, which yes. is family heirlooms. Yes. Now, it's I'm so not, important to have those. It, it is. I'm not saying that our, our sisters across the country don't, don't, have Southern, uh, don't have heirlooms in their family. They do. But here in the South, we treat them so, so specially. Mm-hmm. We do. It could be jewelry. 
It could be handbags. My best friend has her has her mother's uh, handbag, a, a very dressy clutch from the fifties, and mm-hmm. it is so precious to her. And so when she carries that, it's just so so meaningful. Um, so I think that you know, in terms of accessories, especially our our, our family heirlooms that we tend like, kind of the pearls fall into that category. Right. If it's something that maybe came from your mom or right. grandma, yeah, right. And you know, Coco Chanel once said that you should put on all of your accessories and then remove one. Before before leaving the house. Now, so here in the South, we don't necessarily subscribe to that. I, I tend to, I tend to go more along with the, the concept of Clary from Steel Magnolias. Yes. And she said the only thing that separates us from the animals is our ability to accessorize. Which is the most fabulous line ever. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, I'm not saying overdo it, folks. There can be such thing as too much jewelry, right? You want to be tasteful, but especially those beautiful Southern heirlooms uh, that you wear. That's another classic sort of essence or, or, or aspect, I guess, of Southern style. I have a girlfriend who has a collection of mid-century pins, you know, kind mm. of the big rhinestone yeah. Maybe they look like flowers or they look like yeah. uh, animals. And she'll take parts of her collection, like the animals, and she'll dot them over a jacket. Really? The top of a jacket, even into the sleeves, even one on the back, top back of the jacket. So it's almost like it's part of the design of the jacket. It looks stunning. Wow. Coco Chanel would not approve. No, no, no. Way no. too many. No, she but told her to take off, she told take off eight out of those ten yeah, pins, probably, right? Ten? But you know fifteen? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, she piles them on. Really? Yeah. It really does well, look you know, good it, though. That kind of brings us into my one of my next uh elements actually yes. of Southern Style. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna skip forward to one. And that is a little a little bling. A little bling. bling okay. Bling, bling. Sparkle, mm-hmm. right? And okay, now ladies and gentlemen, here is my theory on bling. Okay. Yes. For the Southern woman. I'm yes. I'm speaking only for my own kind here, right? Okay. Okay. I, I believe that bling is a little bit like animal print. Mm-hmm. A little goes a long way. Mm-hmm. You got it? Mm-hmm. Animal print, a scarf, right? Right. A blouse, maybe a purse or a pair of shoes, but not all together at once in the same outfit. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. A little dot of animal print, a little dot of bling. Okay, so the key word here is a little, but Southern women, we understand the world is a stage and we like to shine as brightly as possible. Uh-huh. You can quote me on that. All right. So I'm in my case, that would be maybe a little pair of diamond stud earrings, mm-hmm. right? Which are classic with anything. Right. Blue jeans or a formal gown. Right. Right. You can wear your diamond stud earrings. One of my favorites lately is I have a little pair of bling bling flip flops. Oh, fun. Well, those are fun. Now, let me just ask you a question. Mm. Am I blinging too much in these no. jeans? No. No. that this, too much? For those of you who obviously cannot see what Sandy is wearing. Yeah, this is, is radio. Sorry. She's got her, she's got her, uh, her, her uh, precious jacket and, and T-shirt on today, and her, little, her jeans have a little bling bling on the knee. They've got and yeah, a little kind on the of thigh. a design. Yeah. They've got a big old flowery design with bugle, yeah. bugle pins and... Yeah, just, it's a, it's just a, a little it's a bit tasteful. Blingy. It's a tasteful expression. Thank you for saying tasteful. Of bling. I and fell I in love, love with them. I had to have them. Right. <laughs> they look good on you. You are you would make your Southern sisters proud, Sandy. Thank you. How about other elements of Southern style? I'm going to put these two together because okay. my mother told me never to go out of the house without either one of these things. I know what they are because <gasps> oh, my mom said the same thing. Really? Okay, let me guess. Is one of them lipstick? Uh-huh. Okay, is the other one earrings? Yes, ma'am. Hello. Yep. Right? Yep. And you know, I don't know what our mothers did to us, but here I am at my... Young age. That's right. Uh, Okay. Young age. Here I am at my age, and I am still, if I get out of the house, I don't care if I'm at the dry cleaners. If I go and I reach up and I have nothing on my ears, Mm -hmm. naked ears, Mm -hmm. I feel this sense of um, guilt. Uh oh. What? You know what I'm saying? I messed up. (laughs) You don't go out of the house without your earrings and a little something on your lips. Right. Do you know the number one color 
uh, of Mary Kay lipstick in the South is called Sassy Fuchsia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sassy Fuchsia. I like that name. Kind of describes Southern women, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you have to have a lot of color, right? And, and quite frankly, um, I do believe, and I've heard this before, and I think it's true, as we, as we ladies get a little older, that we really should start toning down the color of our lipsticks just mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe more corals, peaches, softer shades. Maybe not your, you know, red hot lipstick. Right. Although I'm sure it has its time and place. Yeah. Okay. And the earrings. So it, lipstick and earrings, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't leave the house without them. Gotta have those. Mm-mm. Good Southern woman's got her lipstick. She's got her earrings. Right. Maybe a scarf. Uh, yeah. Definitely yeah. a fabulous handbag. Yeah, these are all yeah. all important elements of yeah. Southern style. We're gonna we're gonna give a little nod to the guys here, okay? Because okay? I love this one. Yeah, M- maybe I'm thinking more about it now because I have a son who's a freshman in college. No, he's a rising sophomore. Wow, mm, he's my fourth and final child, mm-hmm. and he's my only son, mm-hmm. and he is a freshman at the Georgia Institute of Technology. So he's a freshman at Georgia, a rising sophomore at Georgia Tech, and he joined a fraternity this past year, and so now is expressing interest in things that he did not previously have any inclination towards right one of them being the bow tie <gasps> how about that i love bow ties so i provided i did what any good mother would do i provided my son with what i thought was an appropriate bow tie for one of his first mm-hmm. fraternity functions right mm-hmm. and i asked him the next week how did it go and he said i can't wear that tie again why and i said why what was wrong with it he said mom it was pre-tied <laughs> Okay, oh. do, okay, so do you know what I'm saying here? Yes. I didn't think there the was anything. The kind that hooked around the collar? Yeah. Yes. Okay. What did I do wrong? He has so to I, tie his own? Yeah. Okay, so he says to me, he goes, the other fraternity brothers all made fun of me. Oh, no. And of course, that broke my heart. I said, you're kidding. He goes, no, it needs to be an authentic, real tie. And apparently, it's not supposed to look perfect. Right. He was telling me that he felt that the pre-tied ones look too perfect. One that you tie yourself is going to be a little bit imperfect mm-hmm. you know it might be a little crooked or it may not be completely but that is what makes it it's kind of like the wrinkles in the linen right that's how you know it's real there's elegance in its imperfection <laughs> so mama felt terrible <laughs> oh, about no. that and i can assure you that by the time he had his next function to attend he had uh he had a, a, an authentic bow tie we now, had, does these, he have a madras have no. you gotten him a Madras no, pattern one for summer? That would be awesome Madras bow tie for summer perfect oh, right? sheer perfection yeah i love that Oh, yeah. I need to provide him with something yep. like that, don't I? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great it's a great concept. So I love bow ties on men. And here mm-hmm. in the South, I, and I know you're not the biggest fan of the seersucker, but I'm telling you, you put a seersucker jacket with a bow tie. Hello. That'd be working. Hello, Mr. Sutter. That'd be working. Right? And, mm. you know, women get the pearls, men maybe not so much. This is very true. Yes. Mm. Another essential element, Sandy, I think, of, of the classic Southern style, and we're going to call it your best hair. Okay? Okay. Because hair is important. Well, hair is important to women all over the world, right? right? It, it is. It's a. It's a sort of an outward expression of our look and our beauty. Mm-hmm. If you've had a bad hair day, mm-hmm. and we've all had them, right? <laughs> me, oh, yeah. me more than most. Oh my gosh! Right? <laughs> I had no, a lot I of don't in the know. 80s. You should see some pictures of me. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, I was in radio for years and years and years, and headphones just do a number. You on had your hair. the what was it? The hair <laughs> hair hair catastrophe. Yes. Or what did you call it with the hat? The hat. Um, oh, your hair gets a hattitude. <laughs> Attitude. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you have to take off the hat immediately. Fluff. Oh, immediately fluff. Right. So nobody sees the attitude. <laughs> southern. Well, folks, Southern women. You know, you want your best look, and everybody knows what that is, right? You find your right color, your right length, and your right style, mm-hmm. right? And that is so important. And don't be afraid to evolve. We all have the friend who 
maybe hasn't evolved with her hairstyle. Stuck in the 80s, can we say? It's sad, but yeah. true. You yeah. know. And listen, you're talking to a child of the 80s. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the teasing and the Aquanet hairspray. Right. The big hair. Big hair. Yeah, the big hair. The times when the hair almost didn't fit in the picture frame right. when I had photos made of myself. <laughs> Part of it extended outside the boundaries. I've of had it. that uh, hair. The only person, in my opinion, that is allowed to not allow her hair to evolve much is Dolly Parton. No. But you know that all of that she owns. Yeah. She buys that hair. She, she buys proudly tells you. Hair. She names her hair. <laughs> she's got her color. <laughs> she's got her style. And she ain't changing. And I don't think she should. No. Because she is, so a, she is a classic Southern icon. You know what she said? She said once, I'm not offended by dumb blonde jokes. Because I know that I'm not, because I know that I'm not dumb. I also and know I'm that not I'm not blonde. blonde. <laughs> <laughs> She's fabulous. I do love her. But folks, yeah, we want you know what? If, you, if you're concerned about your hair and you're not sure if you've got an updated style and it's your best look, ask your girlfriend. Ask your girlfriend. Ask somebody who loves you enough to be truthful. This is very true. Don't ask somebody who's just going to say, oh, you always look so good. Right. Because that is not useful. No. That no. Is, if, if that's the answer you get, give them a hug. Thank them very much. Go ask somebody else. Best advice to our Southern sisters, <laughs> speak the truth in love. Yes. You know exactly, what I'm saying? Exactly. Mm. So good hair, your pearls, a little lipstick and earrings, and you got it made. That's right. You grab, do. Grab your guy, get him a, some, some seersucker and a bow tie, and you're <laughs> off to the races. <laughs> Gotta be looking good. Yeah. Step thank it you out. so much for spending time with us again this week. Come and join us again next Saturday. Mm. Take Have a good week.